Hey, Jamsters, the Suns just escaped the Orlando Magic, beating them 102 to 99. We are joining you live after a close, close game, and it's me, Coach Evan B. Coach, how you doing? Breathing a sigh of relief. One for the win, two for Mikhail Bridges not getting injured on that wet spot. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was going to ask you about that too because Mikhail got hurt, or I'm sorry, Cameron Johnson got hurt in his breakout game this year. He came back, finished fantastic at the game-winning shot. Then he was out, of course, the next few games. You think it's going to be the same thing with Mikhail Bridges? I feel like that injury might come back to haunt him. Maybe he, he'll probably be very, very sore tomorrow, right? I, maybe. It just depends on, on what he tweaked, how he tweaked it. I didn't see the replay of how he went down. So if, if anybody... Slipped. He, he, he slipped. slipped, but did he like slip and like twist something a little bit? Was it like I a hip know. or something? I didn't see. If anybody has that, post that on Twitter. I'm kind of curious to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. And Jamsters, just let us know if you hear anything in the post game while we do this pod. You know, close win for the Suns, but it's a win. And then tomorrow night, we got the Miami Heat. So hopefully, we saved a little bit of energy. Uh, we'll talk about the return of Devin Booker coming back tomorrow yeah. after his. Uh, little covid scare a little bit of a rest for him so excited to have him back tomorrow but first we'll talk about this magic game and coach you said you have a brewski i do not to get this pod started i do this is a weird one somebody left it for my super bowl party that i just happened to find it's a it's a mango <laughs> wheat ale so we're, we're gonna give mm. it a try all right you know what so let me know how that tastes uh go ahead and pop that bad boy open you two jamsters if you got one in hand all right, let's go ahead and get this pod started. Yeah, I know John so far. He is in the comments asking us to... Asking you guys to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, I don't know why he's not here doing it. Just kidding. He is actually working right now, so he might be on a little bit later. But, Luke, I do apologize. No John equals sad Luke. We'll do the best that we can. I know I don't have the beard to fill in for John or the voice, but Coach Evan B does his best impression, I feel like. So <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have a little bit of John on this pod uh, and Coach Evan B. But uh, first, I mean, I got to ask the question. We were talking about injuries first to start the podcast. So let me... Matthew, I got to ask. Coach, I got to ask you, um, we were talking about the injury with Mikhail and how he just came back to finish, but I want to talk about Markel Fultz really quick. Him coming back off the ACL's tear. Uh, he's only This is only his third game back, or I think fourth game to five games. Mm -hmm. uh, your thoughts on really his return? I've been seeing a lot of comments of people just wanting him to actually be the starting guard now for Orlando because he's been playing pretty decent. But I think the Orlando Magic are really in full tank mode, don't you think? I mean, they've got Terrence Ross and Gary Harris coming off of the bench. So I think what they're really focused on is getting those young guys up there, getting them the minutes, getting Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, all those minutes, and then coming in when it's uh, not, I got shoot, it's not even a close game, just coming in to give those guys a break because they're all playing less minutes. Gary Harris, 27 minutes, but Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton had 28 and 24, respectively. I mean, just based on that alone, I'm surprised Gary Harris and, and Terrence Ross weren't either traded or put on the waiver wire to, to be picked up elsewhere or bought out. But 
Markel Fultz, when he was healthy in Philadelphia, it was a train wreck, right? It was an absolute train wreck over there. And then when he got to Orlando, it looked like the weight kind of fell off of him, maybe similar to what we'll see with Ben Simmons. And he was able to flourish and do a lot of really good things. And they had Jonathan Isaac as well, too. And he had a gruesome injury in the in the bubble, I believe it was. So he missed all of last yeah. year and, and this year, too. So they just want to get those young guys the minutes, bring in the veterans to kind of stabilize it a little bit when those guys go out. And that's and that's where they're at. So full tank mode is on in Orlando, which sucks. They're my favorite Eastern Conference team, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, are they okay? Is they it for are. The reason because they've always been your favorite what, uh, Eastern Conference team, or just because of the roster they have put together? No, what? when I when I got into basketball in the ninety two ninety three season, right afterwards, Penny Hardaway came on and Shaq oh, came okay. on, and I loved their court back in the day, and I loved Nick Anderson, Byron Scott. I loved their jerseys. I just loved everything about them. I hated the Bulls, just like a lot of us did. Yeah. And so they were going toe and toe with the Bulls back in the day, and I just I just grew to like them, and they were kind of a smaller market too so go magic when the suns don't play i guess <laughs> yeah or when they do play i mean you can kind of root for the loss right now because you're looking for the future uh yeah mikhail bridges did block that shot that you was know, nice. I mean, you don't want your block shot your shot blocked to uh potentially tie a game um but you know i mean mikhail bridges ends it the way the suns have played basically this whole game by defense um but really quick too with the magic their roster is pretty unique. I mean, Wendell Carter looked like he he looked pretty good. He's having a good year this year, kind of under the radar. He's pretty much played every game uh, as their power forward. Mobamba there. It's just you go through the list. Even Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, like you mentioned before, Markel Fultz, Terrence Ross. It's like a good roster. Like it's a decent, like kind of a young roster that's exciting. Kind of exciting to like get to know, get to watch a little bit. But like you said, Jonathan Isaac, the injuries. It sucks because they. it's not like they would have had a great year, but you would have liked to see them develop a little bit because there's always a little bit of Orlando magic in my heart too. I always like to root for them. Uh, I have nothing... I have no hate against them and any kind of anything they did bad to me or the Suns in the history of their franchise. So I like to root for them too. But was there any other players really, even like Wendell Carter tonight, was it any other players that caught your eye really off that off that team? It, it was definitely Wendell Carter and uh, my co-host, Jay Joyce. He said, man, Wagner's really starting to get on my nerves. And I, I was kind of thinking that too <laughs> through the game. Like, I just kind of found him annoying. I Just in this game, just against my team, right? I'm sure he's a great player when you watch him left and right. I know quite a few videos have also been made about him. So he's having a good season. But I guess I didn't realize the kind of athleticism Wendell Carter had. He only joined the Magic for like the last 20-ish games last year because he was part of the uh, Vucevic deal last year when Vucevic went to Chicago and he came over. And then this year, he's just getting all the minutes, having a career year and points and rebounds. And I guess... I didn't realize how quick he was. You know, he was able to uh, pump fake a couple times and get around players and go right to the bucket. He really stuck out to me, but it it, it was really nice to see Markel Fultz out there playing again because I was a fan of his last year or uh, two years ago when he was playing good. And then I've always liked Gary Harris and what he brought ever since his days in Michigan yeah. State. But but yeah. Wendell Carter kind of took the show for them tonight. Yeah, he did. I mean. The whole um, thing with Fultz is I, I like how he came from Philadelphia. And like you said earlier, I think that his his game and stuff, he can develop something there. The injury really um, just put a halt to his career course, but he has something there and he's good, it's good to root for because it's like an underdog story in a way. And of course, yeah. we can always root for that, you know, and 
Um, but there is one guy though for the Suns. We'll start talking about the Suns right now. Sorry, we talked about the Magic for five minutes. Um, there is one guy, right, that's been playing pretty great. I bet you you can probably guess who it is. Uh, the last few games, actually, I feel like the last five or six games, he's played decent. Really good body language on the court. Seems like he's really getting into his kind of game, handling the ball more. That is, of course, the Landry Shamit show. Uh, Luke Carter actually asked, John is the only one that can, or he actually says, oh, I'm sorry, he didn't ask. He's telling me <laughs> in the show that John is the only one that can drop the sham. Wow. So it is totally true. I have to wait for John because right now, sham has been playing really well. And I really think it has to do with maybe a little bit of him handling the ball more. Uh, John did tell me, I mean, listening to the podcast of the timeline pod where they were talking to JJ Reddick and JJ was talking about how he was a ball handler. He was a point guard before coming to the NBA. And I did not know that. So seeing him on the court, handling the ball more, it seems like he feels more comfortable. Of course, tonight, if I go through his stats really quick before I get your take, uh, he was six for 12 from the floor, 21 points, two assists, three rebounds, and then um, six from 10 from three and three from three from free throw line. So it basically right. It's his best game of the year. I think by far um, in a game where we truly needed it. Um, your thoughts on him. And of course we can't have the drop yet, but if John were here, would you egg him <laughs> on to be like, Hey, you know, press that button. Let, let us, let us see that drop one more time, please. Absolutely. I mean, if we're going to bag on him all season, we got to give him props when he does good. Right. So mm -hmm. six to 10 from three, 60%. I mean, you're going to say yes to that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And one of the things that I've noticed with him uh, throughout his career is that one, he's averaging the least amount of minutes this year than he has since his rookie season. Uh, his field goal, uh, total field goal, like shooting, how many shots he's getting up is down a full shot from three and from uh, regular uh, field goals. So he's getting less minutes. He's shooting less. He's ultimately touching the ball less. But you know what? He's still grabbing rebounds. He's still grabbing assists. He's still getting steals. And he's turning the ball over less as well. So he's still doing all the intricate other things. He's just not getting the minutes and the shots like he used to. And I think there's something to be said for that. When you know that you're going to get 25 to 30 minutes as opposed to 20, and you know that those shots have to count in those 20 minutes because you're not going to get 25. You're not going to get 30 minutes. So there's a little bit of pressure on you. So yeah, getting extended run and extended minutes, granted there's no other option right now, it definitely helps your mindset. And really, is is he peaking at the perfect time or what? Yeah, I mean, as well, especially in a game like this where I think the bench can basically, they can match up with the starting unit of what the magic what magic brings and of course they're way better than what the magic have on their bench um but it's just it's one of those games with injuries that are happening like he's coming together at the perfect time with all the injuries that are happening with the suns right now and we just we we need it we need the guys to step up and it seemed like it's always it was cameron johnson stepping up uh even last game like tory craig came out with uh Aaron Holiday, I want to call him Drew Holiday, sorry. Aaron Holiday, <laughs> they had a great game together, like to start the game, but this is Shamit. Shamit played great last game too, but he honestly, he's just a guy that's really stepping up in the way that is much needed. And just a weird comparison um, from me is Cameron Payne seems like after the All-Star break, like he's like his older, more confident, attractive brother or something. He doesn't look on the court like the older Cameron Payne before the All-Star break. I don't know what it is, 
but this is kind of what the way Shamit looks on the court. There's just a different kind of energy to him to where he looks more confident. He looks like his more attractive brother. He looks like the guy, you know, when, you know, if, <laughs> so, you know, your girlfriend comes over and your, your older brother's upstairs changing his jeans. You're like, Oh, where's my girlfriend? She's up there staring to the crack of the door. To watch the <laughs> like that, that's, that's Shamit. That's Cameron Payne. Now Cameron Payne, they're the older brothers. Yeah. And you know, they're getting it done. So, you know, I just want to throw that comparison out there because that's the only way I can compare it to um, the way I'm seeing it out there. And it makes no sense at all, but I just want to let, to let it be known that that's what I wrote in my notes. That's, so. that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, but that's what campaign did last year too. The first part of the year was questionable. Second part of the year in the playoffs, he absolutely killed it. So maybe this is what to expect with it. And I forget who tweeted it out. I want to say it might've been Dwayne Rakin or uh, Gerald Bourgeau. I'm not sure who said it, but uh, campaign's been playing a lot better since Chris Paul went up to him and he was like, man, screw the offense. Don't run the offense. You got to you gotta run with what you see out there. So if you see you can go left and there's only one guy over there, go left. Who cares what the offense is, man? You got to see and react to what you're saying as opposed to just forcing what you're running. And I thought we saw a lot of forcing action at the earlier part of the year before he got hurt. Don't you? Wasn't he forcing it yeah. and now he's just kind of freewheeling it? Yeah, he he makes sense in the offense. And just really quick, let me get this out of the way. Um, Darth Ward is actually asking, did you drop? Did you do the land you drop? drop? No, 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 not yet. Do not worry. We did not do the drop yet. We'll save it for you, uh, big boy. <laughs> Honestly, um, yeah, so the way like a lot of these players, when they come to the Sun system for me, like even with Aiton in the beginning, Aiton just looks all out of sorts. This is last season I'm talking about, beginning of last year. Like you could just, you can notice these guys in a bad way where they're not in the flow of the offense. And Wainwright, when he came in this year, looked like that. But now like when Wainwright's on the floor, you don't notice him, but in a good way because he's blending in with the offense and doing what he's supposed to do. Shamit just looks like that now. Shamit is just blending in with the offense. He's not sticking out like a sore thumb where he's just forcing stuff, forcing bad passes. He did have one tonight to to McGee that kind of started the run in the yeah. fourth quarter for the Magic. But other than that, like, I mean, we're all going to have that. Cameron Payne still does that. You know what I mean? So these players are still going to do that. And I don't know, man. We've been talking about Landry Shamit for a while. So maybe, man, I don't know. I'm not going to drop it, though. Yeah, Darth Moore <laughs> just said, <laughs> he said, good. Don't do it yet. I think he wants maybe like two more games. And I don't want to upset uh, my big brother. So... <laughs> um, we're not gonna do that, but we can talk about um the bench more if you'd like. I know Shaman did start tonight, but um I've always like with Tory Craig and Aaron Holiday and even McGee, I kind of think they have like a trifecta thing going on off the bench to where they feed well off of each other. I don't know if you noticed this at all, mm -hmm. but to start the first, um, I was listening to some of the game in my car on the way home, but it's not to start the first, but in the first quarter, it seemed like they had something going. They kind of blossomed the lead. I think they had 15 points total in the first half combined, which is pretty decent. Uh, they were 6 for 12 shooting. Um, but the way they feed off of each other, Aaron Holiday can really find McGee in a good way. Torrey Craig really helps on defense with McGee. Uh, there's something there. I know when Chris Paul comes back, Cameron Payne will fill his role. to well, he, he, he will be playing with those guys more um, other than rather than Aaron Holiday. So I'm just thinking like Cameron Payne, Aaron Holiday, um, Shamit, Shamit. I mean, we Cam got Johnson, Tory Craig. They're all when that all comes together, like I mean, there's just something there. It, and if it doesn't, if there's still injuries, 
I think the way Craig and Holiday and McGee are playing together is pretty decent. I don't know if it's like championship level, but there's something there, don't you think? Or is there you don't you do not see anything like I do? Uh, no, I totally do. But I think it's just going to be based on matchups, like we saw in the last game with Milwaukee. The last two games against Milwaukee, we saw double big lineups and Biombo getting a lot of playing time. I think it's going to 100 percent be matchups, and there is going to be somebody left out right now if i would call it i would say probably aaron holiday because i don't know how much you want to see campaign and aaron holiday together although i'm very intrigued i just don't see monty's stepchild and landry shamit getting pushed out of that (laughs) uh uh, defense or defensive sorry that second unit i mean we all heard what uh what he said about landry in the offseason he could he could marry my daughter and all that so landry ain't getting pushed out cam johnson ain't getting pushed out obviously javel isn't so is it going to be aaron holiday or is it going to be tory craig and and it might be some tory craig here or there i mean one of the things that i didn't like about tory craig coming back was not giving it his all every game and it, mm-hmm. it's clearly something that you notice when you see cam johnson always going full speed and you see campaign mikhail all these dudes and he doesn't but you know the times that he does play great he's he is tremendous and he's a damn near fringe starter so i could see it but i think it's 100 percent going to be based on who we're playing matchups who's going to be out etc for example tomorrow night if we had everybody full we're probably going to play Tory Craig just because of all the switching on the perimeter, right? So that's just my two cents of it. But we have such a deep team, and we didn't even mention the return of Frank Kaminsky soon. Come on, yeah, it's coming up, right? Do you have inside inside news on when he's coming back? When's he coming? No, back? no, no inside. But the he initial report talk. the initial report was six to eight weeks after. It was like January eighth or January sixth. So it was like after the first week. So we're we're at that point where he should be gearing up to come back but at this point how much are you really going to throw in somebody like that in the deep end when we already have such a deep team so yeah i know and i actually just brought up a comment too where um it was mentioning dario Saric, you know <clears throat> interested in that starting lineup here it is right here by mario lopez Payne, shamit johnson craig and dario is going to be a fun lineup so even then i don't know if i feel like frank's going to come back quicker than dario right like is that Dario's gone? Dario's not coming back. Yeah, I just don't even think he's, that's he's long gone. Happen, you know, he got I mean, an ACL in July, so yeah. And you can blame that one on our drop. We'll probably never bring that back because it was bad juju, for sure. Um, but it would be nice to have Frank Kaminsky back. But right now, I think the reason I'm talking about these three guys is because, like, I think you, you're right. It's just because we have that depth. I think it's just because it's like they're out there. They play hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come out. They almost beat the Bucks. So things when things like that happen. Sorry, I just got a text. Um, when things like that happen, I just I'm like assuming like okay, these three in the playoffs they might look good together. Who knows? Like I don't know, but even Javale McGee tonight too. Like it always seems like does it seem like to you where he he might play more minutes, but then it's only like twelve. He only played almost twelve minutes tonight for five points. It, but it's maybe the, that block he had. What is it? It's, it's the Javale McGee roller coaster, man. Yeah. It's, it's the Javale McGee ride. That's. That's just what you get with a guy like that. You're going to get good, the bad, the shacked in a fool and everything in between. And then he's going to knock down a three and make free three free throws in a row or something like that's just the ride that he's on. But man, I've never seen a player so up and down like that, that I just can't take my eyes off though. Like Mm -hmm. every time I'm watching him, bro, like you get the same way with him. No, I do. But the only reason I want to bring him up is because of the block he had tonight on Wendell Carter, where he goes up and grabs it. The only bad part is he lands out of bounds. 
But mm-hmm. other than that, like he grabs it and stares at Wendell. They have a laugh together. But those are the things. It's kind of like a Jay Crowder where Jay Crowder tonight. I mean, let me just read off his stats really quick. Um, it wasn't too great. Yeah, <laughs> not great at all. But three for 15, one for 10 from three, seven points, 11 rebounds. All right, there boards. it is. That's the thing that he helped out with. But even then, I've always mentioned where I don't know if I like the Jay Crowder that gets us 20 points or goes one for 10 from three. Like just because he is so unique to us in a way that like even tonight when he he tries to draw the and one from like mid range and he just like he falls over and tries to throw the ball up like he does the funniest things on the court like a McGee (laughs) that keeps you entertained all game long. And he's there. And he's going to keep shooting the ball, whether or not he's making them. It doesn't matter to him. And that's why I like McGee, because they have that confidence. Like, they're going to keep playing. Even though McGee's always limited minutes, I think that, you know, in a way, they always kind of provide that energy the team needs. Some games this year, McGee's kind of fell off, but we've gotten a lot of good games from McGee. I feel like are we're already over that that threshold of what he should have gave us this year. I feel like he's been past that for a while but um, I don't know. Any other thoughts on Jay McCrowder, though? Or Jay McCrowder? <laughs> Jay Crowder? <laughs> They're kind of the same player, just different positions, right? They do kind of yeah. the same weird bony things. Um, no, I completely agree with you. I think he's far surpassed what my expectations were of him. He's not quite to where, if you remember when he played with the Warriors, was that 2017 or 18 or even 19? Whenever that was, when he played with the Warriors, he looked like a completely different player. And then he yeah. goes and plays like with the Wizards or the Nuggets earlier in career. He looked like he couldn't do anything but dribble, dribble a basketball. It was awful to watch. So when he's surrounded by players and a system and a coach that knows what they're doing, he thrives in that and he thrives in our role. It's, it's kind of like just go out there and play your game. Mm-hmm. And we'll figure everything else out. And he's he's so good in space. He's yeah. so good at catching lobs. He's great timing his blocks. And sometimes players just know McGee's there and they're just going to shoot like a rainbow shot over him and there's nothing you can do. And he just flows with the game. That's why he's going well with uh, uh, Aaron Holiday right now. Two guys that haven't played together that come in in the last five or six games, you're seeing Ali Oops go up to them because Holiday, as you said, He's just mm-hmm. so good with the ball. He's smart. He's intelligent. He has high basketball IQ. JaVale does have high basketball IQ when he's in space and doesn't have the ball. And they just have that connection because they know where each other needs to be on the court. So mm-hmm. it's fun watching McGee. Jay Crowder does all the little intangibles that you guys have talked about to the nth degree. We don't need to go into that anymore. But, you know, the the boss man mentality, the rebounds, the passing, the assists all that stuff. He's just an amazing asset for our team. Unfortunately, he's only got one year left after this year. Yeah. Unfortunately, we'll, we'll, um, we'll save that for off season talk though. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I mean, <laughs> I feel like when we do these post game pods, there's especially in a game like this against Orlando, there's only so much you can talk about. We go over the same players every game. And I feel like the same, I always say the same stuff for Crowder and McGee. I feel like that's on repeat. I can basically put, you know, just the same track out there, every pod and be the same thing for those two dudes. But it's always changing for this guy. Watch. All right, so DeAndre Ayton, uh, the man who, if you put forth the effort, can probably be the best guy on the floor uh, tonight. Came out. I mean, what did he start the game? Fifteen and ten, fifteen and eleven mm-hmm. in the first half. Uh, basically, okay. So I'm listening to the game in the first quarter. And it seemed like they never stopped giving the ball. I think his shot attempts too early. It was seven of twelve, which was not his best percentile. Like he's usually more efficient than that. 
but it doesn't matter. I love the attempts. I love that they kept feeding in the ball early and they kept going to him. I think it just proved that, you know, in the long run at towards the end of the game, you would get more of efficient book art book, efficient Aiden, and that he would provide something towards the end of the game to keep helping this team offensively and defensively. But of course they went away from it. It wasn't really a thing the whole game. That just typically always happens with this guy. Um, rebounding and stuff was always an issue um we've talked about it before but i want to talk about just his rebounding because the effort was there and people keep talking about it and i and john put something on twitter too about like the rebounds and basically the amount of rebounds of course that that went down the averaging the the amount of rebounds that they're averaging when chris paul's been gone since the all-star break and i said on the first few pods i was like we're talking about it is it scheming is it all this i just thought it was chris paul i was just i just thought it was chris paul just being like hey da get your ass up there to get the ball i thought i thought that was all it was and it seemed like it kind of was tonight of course with his stats he was 25 i he 20 oh, i'm sorry 21 and 19 to finish the game which is outstanding i mean the effort was there they went away from him but that wasn't his fault that was his teammates that was orlando magic it looked like clogging the lanes pushing him out and stuff but i mean the effort what did you see from him tonight the rebounding it's just a course was there tonight was it just the effort or what else was it first off when it comes to rebounding you have to be in position and if you just think it's getting under the basket, you are you are so, so off base with everything that you think of rebounding to start with. Look at Dennis Rodman when he went to Michael Jordan. He wanted to see when Michael Jordan missed it, where it was going to go. You have to do that if you're going to be the rebounder. And you know what? For our team, he is the rebounder. We don't play with a traditional four. You know, we don't play with a seven foot small forward that can get up there. You know what I mean? He is our rebounder. He has to do those things for us to be successful because we're not asking anybody else to do that. We're not asking JaVale McGee to go out and do what DeAndre Ayton does. We're not asking Biz. We're asking DA to do what DA does. Blocking, blocking out, guarding the big man, switching on the perimeter, which is an amazing attribute that he has, and getting boards. He's got to get those boards in the sun's 13 losses we averaged 37 rebounds and our opponents averaged 53 that is a huge discrepancy and he's been awful on the boards recently to the point where he's literally getting pushed around and pushed out of position like he wasn't even trying tonight when somebody shoots on the opposite side, on the opposite corner, wing, wherever it is, you have to position yourself to the other side, the opposite side of the rim. And he was doing that instead of staying front and center or instead of just going up there, looking at it, you know, not bending his knees or anything. He was actually there. So a few things when it comes to rebounding, like one, when our guys are getting beat on the perimeter, DeAndre Ayton comes over and he's our help defense, right? He's the guy that comes over, challenges the shot and usually makes them miss. So when that miss goes up and D.A. is over there and the guy that just got burnt is by him, who has to pick up the slack? Mikhail, Jay, Cam Johnson. They cannot block out Mitchell Robinson. They cannot block out Valanchunas. So it's it's in the defense, the systematic defense, that almost lets that rebounding happen. And I think Monty was kind of towing some things just you know for the record. But that's part of the issue. The other issue was just the pure hustle. I didn't see a lot of hustle. I didn't see a lot of guys really going for boards. I saw the Milwaukee Bucks, the Pelicans, 
all those teams tipping the ball multiple times and guys getting down there while Mikhail and Shamet, they're just on the perimeter, you know, looking up. But tonight, mm-hmm. DA got into position, he blocked out, and he did what he was supposed to do on the offensive rebounding edge. I mean, he had the uh, an offensive rebound for a putback uh, to go up three or maybe it was go up four with just like under a minute left. That's something he hadn't done recently. Why? Because he was in position. He wasn't in the front of the rim. He was off to the side a little bit. So he was doing what he was supposed to do. And it's been an emphasis. So if it's been an emphasis for Monty Williams, they usually come out and we see it's an emphasis. Earlier in the year, we were awful guarding the three, bro. We were awful. Became an emphasis. Hasn't really been an issue since. Now it's an emphasis for rebounding. It's not an issue. Also, there's not really a guy... Um, that can rebound it for Orlando like some of the guys that I just said. So there's a couple factors in there. So it's not all on DA, but he is the guy that needs to do it for us. We're not asking anybody else to rebound. We're asking DA. So when he doesn't do it, it's a huge detriment to our team, Matthew. Yeah, and I've never been a big stats guy with him. I know he's just going to average what he averages. The thing is, like, he's had 18 and 8 games this year where he's looked fantastic. I give him, like, an A-plus grade just because the effort's there. And if he just has the effort, everything else comes naturally. It just the stats will be there. They might be decent. They might be great. It doesn't matter. If he cares and he starts to actually box people out, oh, Coach Evan B left us a little bit. Oh, No, I'm still there. Hold on. I just just disconnected. (laughs) Hold on. Um, But uh coda kid actually brought up a good point deandre's biggest issue is boxing out and i and it's and it has been since the second season um so yeah the boxing out was it it always seemed like so you're talking about like the perimeter defense how he's go out and help there were times though like even against like the uh the new york knicks which was just the worst game i've ever seen him play where he would just like kind of stand there and watch as the shots being released or whatever. He wouldn't go up and run to the rim. You would even have who we don't even like that much is Richard Jefferson saying like, Hey, get you, you got to get up there and try to grab the board. There's a lot of looking around from him. So he does do that at times. And that's why I always just say like Chris Paul is the guy to always yell out like, Hey, DA, like if he's staring into the stars, he's like the guy to wake him up. Be like, Hey, go get the ball. Like, you know what I mean? So that's, that's what he does. That's what he usually is there for to help him out with. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, um, I don't know. I, it was just a good game from him. And I, the it only was. thing is, it seems like just a game where it was like in the playoffs last year where it starts out great and then like the, the offense just goes away from him. But I think a lot of it was Orlando just taking him away too um, later in the game. So it's going to happen. And when that happens, Cam Johnson will be back. Booker will be back next game. We'll have other guys to step up too. It won't just be Cameron Payne. Did we talk about Cameron Payne yet? at all man didn't he play good um somebody's at i've had a few questions the mango drink is actually pretty good i would have never bought this i actually kind of recommend it maybe in arizona on a hot day this would be kind of refreshing but campaign yes go do you have a drop for him no everyone keeps asking us to get one or to make one and we won't we got a whole i think we have drops we have so many drops but i think by the playoffs start by the time the playoffs start we should have one for almost every player so you gotta that's get the next one, one on the radar. We do because it's gonna be like a big part in this playoffs coming up. So did did I, you did you forget how important, how good, however you want to phrase it, at campaign is at playmaking when he was out? Did you forget how good and how vital that was? Yeah, no, I did, and I forgot like how he did slow his game down, how became how he became a good playmaker because of that reason, and how he can play with both a DA and McGee like. 
him and McGee were so good off the bench together. I feel like they were the best teammates coming off the bench. The one, the point, they're playing out the pick and roll. They're doing everything right to really get everybody else involved in the offense too. And they have court offense when he brings it up. I just think that him and McGee, when they go back to it, it's going to be something even more special because I think those two work together, but then for Payne to figure stuff out with Aiden, like that's, that's pretty impressive. And I didn't forget about it, but I'm just glad it's back. <laughs> so it, it's you- back and it's efficient and it's, and it's working, you know, and one thing mm-hmm. we haven't touched on this whole podcast is that we're, I think you guys mentioned it either the last game, the Bucks game or the one before, but this team is still trying to figure out how to play without Chris Paul and Devin Booker. You see it in this game. Like you see the style they want to play and they're continuing uh, being that relentless defensive team, but you still see them trying to figure stuff out. And it's, man, it's going to benefit us. Like there's no tomorrow when it comes to the playoffs, this is going to help so much i mean when booker went out and chris paul was out like i was you know i was in a deep spot matthew it was like hello darkness my old friend <laughs> you know but then after thinking about it and seeing them play the last few games i i can't think mm-hmm. of anything bad to say even if we would have lost i wouldn't have come back and said a bad thing about it but it's good that we won because tomorrow is going to be tough and somebody said it in the chat earlier da is definitely going to be tired tomorrow <laughs> Oh, he will. He has his hands full tomorrow. We will talk about the heat here in a minute. Um, but before we do that, um, did you have any more thoughts on the game, on the game itself? Or is it just one of those like, whew, good thing it's over. Good thing we got the win. Um, I mean, we basically have the one seed wrapped up. Like, it's, it's over. I mean, the way the Warriors have been playing, <laughs> there is no. Wait, do you think I'm going to jinx it by now? No, no, we're not. We live in Arizona. We're not talking about it until it's over. <laughs> okay 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 well i was re- i respect that i really do i just think with this whole suns run the past two years i've been saying a lot i've been praising a lot of these players nothing's bad it's really happened we didn't win the finals that was the one thing but i mean yeah. i've been i've been pretty much on their i don't know on their bandwagon all the last two years dude so on their bandwagon on, I've, I've been on their bandwagon ever since i was born but unfortunately yeah, we had we had a rough <laughs> 10 year stretch there i mean the the thing that's really impressed me is the amount of assist to field goal makes that we have i mean again we had 24 tonight i think we had 30 or 32 against the bucks i didn't foresee that being a thing but to see so many guys setting other players up has been so much fun to watch i mean I mean, for the record, we did technically lose the rebounding battle by one tonight, you know, technically, mm-hmm. but but we don't really need to go there. The The fast break points was there. We, we got kill points in the paint a little bit. When they had their comeback, they were just getting to the paint wherever they wanted, and then we were able to, to you know, switch up defenses and make sure that wasn't a thing and deny them the paint. Uh, the shooting was kind of iffy for the Magic. They shot seven for 39 from three. A lot of wide open looks, so that was a problem. But you know what? They It's a team that doesn't hit a lot, so maybe that was part of the game plan as well, too. But these are just nitpicking things, and, and when you're a coach, you're always looking at things that you can get better. When you go and watch the film, that's the first thing I do. We need to do A, B, C better, even if we win. So that's just my mindset. So no, it's not nitpicking. It's not being negative. It's just it's an observation. And sometimes those observations offend some people, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's the best part. It's just offending people with, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm always getting yelled at in the chat with the things I say, especially when I compare uh, NBA players to an older brother changing his jeans. I don't really know what that has to do with anything, but, uh, (laughs) Matthew, (laughs) you know, I was at work today and, um, my, of course, everyone's favorite player. I think Cameron Johnson now is out. And, uh, I, 
pray to God he comes back. But some lady at my office, she's like, did you see my boy hit the game winning shot in against New York? I'm like, you're a dude. Like that was, that's my guy. My guy is Cameron Johnson. I argue with her over that. And I just was like, you know what? Tonight's pod, it's been a while. So I'm just going to do this drop because I miss him. Lights, Cameron, action. I can't wait till this guy's an all-star next year. It's going to happen. Um, I just, his development's crazy. He didn't play tonight, but I just want to talk about him. But uh, go ahead. What's up? You've you've been on his bandwagon. When people were dogging him at the beginning of the year, you were like, no, I like what he's doing. His body language is get down. <laughs> he's moving in the right positions. He's doing this. Yeah. When he misses a shot, he just goes back and plays defense. And you were seeing the same exact things that I've seen. I mean, that's the next jersey I'm buying is a Cam Johnson jersey. I don't know about you or if you already have one. No, I, I've. I've been waiting in the chat. We're saving up money to buy me one, a nice authentic version of the Valley Jersey. Um, but yeah, um, really quick, Coda Kid. Yes, I wish we had Gary Harris. I think you say that every time we have a pod, Coda Kid. So you know what? I wish we did too because he played great too. And he's one of those guys where he's on the floor. It's like, oh yeah, Gary Harris. How come he's not with Denver anymore? You know, that could have been great with what they had going on over there. But I just want to throw that out there really quick, Coda Kid. And uh Let's see. Oh, we've got to do this really quick. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, please uh, rate, subscribe, review the pod. Hit the thumbs up. Um, I think that's all of it. I'm really bad at doing that stuff. I'm really bad at telling the Jamsters and everybody out there listening to make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. And I hope I did that right, John. I'm sure he will come in and comment again about doing it. Um, but tonight, the jam star of the game. Coach, who do you got? Oh, it's got to be DA. There, mm. There's nobody else. It is DA all day uh, today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he went out and he just played like a different player. Like anything, something that Monty said or what the team's game plan was, he listened and executed. And one thing I've really noticed that I'm really liking is, is when we're doing pick and rolls, he would get the ball inside the paint almost you know to the dotted area and then get in trouble and guys were like you know whacking at him trying to get the ball away but if you've noticed they're like dropping the ball off to him and he's getting it and he's doing just a little floater there have you noticed that more and more every game yeah yeah but he's always i feel like had that there was who was talking about it how he's kind of developed that shot only with cameron Payne, like before this podcast where he's had that i feel like for forever he just hasn't done it in a while i think it like came back but, but they're, I think they've realized their pick and rolls aren't working. And they kind of did something a little different where he's like holding his, his role for like a half a second. Yeah. And then they're dropping it off to him as opposed to him getting it and trying to power. So it's mm-hmm. just it's just a little bit of a wrinkle that's been more noticeable. And I noticed it more tonight, especially when JaVale even did it. And I think I want to say it was like Crowder or McHale had something small like that. And they did it there, too. So it's like a noticeable thing they're working on. Yeah, and it, it's all about timing, too, when it comes to that. And that's why it's so impressive how Payne can work with Aiden. I mean, it, they have in the past, but I feel like at this amount of time, Chris Paul's never really been injured except from the playoffs. But he's figured it out like this quickly with him. And, of course, he's always had that thing with McGee. Uh, but let's go through the comments, actually, for the Jam Stars. So Felix does say DA. Fabio Nazatsky says Shamit. Low Suns, DA and Shamit. Mario Lopez, Aiden. Crazy Luigi, Aiden Payne, and Landry Shamit. That is true. Uh, Shamit, Shamit's going to be mine because it's his best game of the year, and I think he definitely needed it. Aiden played great, but Shamit definitely needed this. Kind of like the yeah. MVP race. It's kind of like Jokic or Embiid. Um, 
uh, it's Jokic for me. I've been swayed because when I watch Jokic, I'm like, that dude, every play, I'm just like, holy shit, that's that's the way he is. But Embiid's probably going to win just because he hasn't won it yet. So that's why I give Landry Shamit the jam star. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, Coda Kid, DeAndre, David Ray, Aiden plus pain is equals. Oh, sorry. Aiden plus pain equals Peyton. And uh, Blaze Velocity, I was at the game. Well, congrats, dude. That's I hope awesome. You had some fun. Yeah, next time, if any, any Jamsters are at the game, DM us. Let us know. You guys can come on the pod after. You can be our sideline reporter to come on and just, you know, tell us how much money you spent on beer. That would be <laughs> How awesome was a hey, real quick blaze? How was the atmosphere over there considering that they've not had the best of seasons? I mean, it sounded pretty loud and raucous. I mean, was it a good, was it a good show and good putting out by the Orlando fans? How was the, how was the whole vibe? Let me know. Yeah. And it did even on the radio when the sun started out hot, you can hear the fans, the sun's fans there. It seemed like kind of going crazy. So um, yeah, I think that's all the jam stars. I think up next we got the Miami heat. Um, you know, this is going to be fun because Booker is back. Uh, the way the Heat are playing this year, they're kind of under the radar. The number one seed in the East. They're still not the favorites to win it all. And I was actually listening to No Dunks this morning, and they were talking about the number one seed, the last one in the East, to actually go to the championship, win the East, the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you know what year that was? Off the top of your head? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's 15. It was when the Cavs won it, when LeBron came back, and then they won uh, the finals of the year against Golden State. But it just seems like a lack of respect for this team. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year, Jimmy Butler, you got Kyle Lowry coming in there, kind of being, you know, the man to like basically hold that team down to make sure that they improve in every way of the game. I think Biombo, if you're to ask me this year, like, who would you choose, Biombo or Aiden? It's really tough, dude, because the way Biombo's been playing this year, he's out of his mind right now. Biombo, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero. You mean Adab- Bam Adebayo? Yeah, my bad. Not Bismack Biombo. Oh, that would yeah, that would have been bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you should have not even corrected me. I'm sure the Jamsters would have done that. But yeah, Bam Adebayo is the guy that mm-hmm. I think like he's just this whole team. I haven't seen a whole lot of them play. I've I've seen bits and spurts of it like a little bit, but not too much. But I know that they that's the reason I feel like I just don't hear too much about them. You look at the standings, they're number one. Great defense. They move the ball around. I think they're sixth in the league in assists right now. Um, it's just gonna be a tough outing in the playoffs for this team, whoever they play. But what do you any thoughts on the Heat? The matchups we got going on coming up tomorrow. It's a it's a revenge game, right? having our almost full squad getting beaten by their their B team, who shot ridiculous, by the way. I think they shot like 55% from three that mm. game. They shot absolutely lights out. But this is definitely a revenge game. I mean, Bam out of bio, I have this conversation a lot with people. Would you take Bam or would you take DeAndre Ayton? You know, 80% of the time people are picking Bam and they're not taking DA because yeah. you can run the offense through him. He is a better passer. He can dribble the ball a little bit more. He does a few little things like that. I'll take DA's defense over Bam every day of the week. When it comes to offensive gameplay, I mean, that's kind of a toss-up because I feel like both of these guys feed a lot off of their other players and, and how they get set up and whatnot. I mean, Kyle Lowry is playing great for them. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys averaging 10 points or more. Granted, one of them is Victor Oladipo, who only played one game. So we're going to see Victor Oladipo tomorrow. But Max Struss just, you know, came out of nowhere. 
lit everybody up, lit the whole league up, lit, uh, lit us up. I'm curious to see how he plays. Duncan Robinson does what Duncan does. And Jimmy Butler, who we didn't get to see play last time, he's going to be playing. So uh, it's going to be a hard game tomorrow. We're coming off of a back-to-back on the road. They are not. Book is back, so maybe he's going to be healthy and ready to go. And we lit them up in Miami last year, so maybe we'll have some good luck again. It's going to be a hell of a fight. And if I were a betting man, which I am, I this is definitely a game I'm not going to bet on because I could see a 20-point game by either team, dude. Mm. No, I can definitely see it too. Um the thing is, like, it's always scary to play this Heat's team. And the one guy that always scares me is Hero, just because of his confidence he has against this team. And he yeah, wants to be man. like Devin Booker. I bring this up all the time. It was his idol. And the confidence that Booker has to come in this league and to be the superstar who he is today, like, that is basically what Hero wants to do. And Hero right now has a hold on really the youth. He has kind of like that popularity that I don't know who do you think is more popular out of just the both of out of between. Tyler Hero and Devin Booker. I mean, this it's a tough question. It's a weird question to ask, but I'm just saying, I think Tyler Hero, because he's in Miami, because he's just, I don't know what it is. I, he seems like he's a little bit more popular. Maybe because I listen to the Dan Lebitard show too much that's based out of Miami. Yeah. They talk about them. But do you hear more about him than you do Booker in the media? I hear more about hate from uh, towards Booker than I do okay. love for Booker or love for Harrow. So I would say okay. Tyler Harrow gets more love for sure. But for some reason, there is a weird stigma that people hate Devin Booker. There, I don't know what it is. Really? I mean, he's he's never done anything. People don't like Devin Booker outside of Phoenix for, for whatever it is. Maybe it's a, a lot of the Lakers fans and then it's the Kobe thing. And so people just want to be like, he ain't Kobe and they want to be right, you know. Everybody wants yeah. to be right, and so they'll personally attack people because they feel like their opinion is more valid than somebody else's. So maybe it comes from that place more. I don't know. But as far as who, who gets more love, it's it's going to be Tyler Harrow. But mm-hmm. if you want to talk about inside the league, the players, the coaches, the execs, I guarantee you every single one of them will say Booker. Yeah, no, I definitely think those too. I just I think that if you're talking about like Instagram-wise, I know Booker has like – the the Kardashians, but even then, I don't think a lot of people know that Booker and Kendall are together. I just the thing is with Booker, it's it's such a weird thing to where I go if I go to heaven when I go there, I'm gonna ask God, be like, what is it with Devin Booker? Why he never really caught on with anybody? I cannot put my finger on it. But even like uh, Sonia said in the chat too, like she thinks Hero eight dot zero says Hero for sure. It's just see even that right there, it just it makes sense. And really quick, a shout out to Coda Kid again. Thank you very much. Ten dollars he donated nine ninety nine. Uh, to the funding, the sideline reports for the homie. So says Jay. Yeah, on our last pod, um, actually the New York pod, he came on after that great buzzer beater to give us the feed to feed us that uh, energy he had after that. He was shaking all over, so that was definitely cool. And again, yeah, just if you guys want to come on the pod, just go ahead and DM, DM us. Even if you're not like at the game, you can come on here, give your thoughts of the game. It'd be awesome. Um, you guys got some great fans, by the way. Your jamsters that you have in there. I mean, a lot of the ones you've already pulled up, and, and Iverson Vlog, Sonia, Coda. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's quite a, there's quite a few others that were in the uh, Hey Dot Zero, Corey Flynn, Low Sons. You guys have a lot of awesome, awesome followers and support. So, yeah, good, good, good job to you guys. It's, it's for who you guys are as a podcast too. 
for pulling oh, in the, these types of good good jamsters <laughs> yeah and everyone thanks for watching seriously um this has been a great pod we're gonna go a little extra longer too i mean we got oh 10 minutes left i just wanted to actually talk oh victorious did say booker is overrated as af um you know some people do think that i can see why i can see why not it's just one of those weird things i'll ask god when i get up there i will ask him hey dude how come girlfriend's looking at my older brother's jeans or whatever and why is booker the way he is just awesome but um also i want to keep talking about the east a little bit if you wanted to yeah and the west and how things are kind of panning out towards the end of the season um who is your favorite who do you think i just want to get your predictions i'm not sure if you'll be on again the pod i'm sure you will be by the time the we'll season do a ends. playoff I'm, preview or something i'm sure I'm we'll sure. do something but who yeah, do you yeah. have right now going to the finals you think out of the east and west um of course you probably pick the suns but out of east out of the east side who do you got Oh, I uh, specifically avoided this on my podcast. He's on fire podcast on oh, YouTube and we, Spotify and everything. Yada, yada, yada. No, I've, I've dude. I hate super teams. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. I hate it. I respected what Milwaukee did because they didn't have to trade for Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or nothing like that. Right. And when these players, James Harden, and you see an Arizona state banner right in front of me, you or right behind me, you'd think I'd be a James Harden fan. But when these players get everything handed to them on a silver platter from wanting out of OKC to wearing a fat suit, then all of a sudden being in shape the next day in Brooklyn, and then to, oh, I'm, I'm not happy here either, so I'm just not going to play and play hard and then go to Philly, and all of a sudden he's averaging yeah. 28, 9, and 9. Like, I can't stand that, Matthew. That drives me insane. So with that said, yeah. hey, I'm that? still not going to answer it because John's here. See, he interrupted you, not me this Perfect time, Perfect time. I don't, I don't have to admit it now. This is Are great. you on the toilet? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, it looks like you're on the toilet. <laughs> I, just, up, I just got off of work, so... <laughs> Okay, I'm sure Rough my audio. John, you got a, oh, you got a new hat? No, it's my old one. Oh, okay, it looked new. All right, what's up, dude? What's going what you think guys? of the game that you didn't watch? <laughs> oh <laughs> man, it's killing me. That did I you see them? The... Did you see the Mikhail block at the end? At least, did you see a replay or anything? I haven't seen anything. Oh, we can't see you now. There you oh, go. Oh, there we go. There you go. Can't see anything, or I, I didn't see anything. Okay. I'm a bad go go back, go back and watch the replay. I'm an advocate. Up three, always foul. Mikhail Bridges saw, said, "No, don't worry. I'm gonna block this three for the win." <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I saw it was close. I was, you know, I my, I'm checking my phone as I'm working. I'm up in Reno, Nevada. It's a it's a busy restaurant up here. So for the dinner, it sucks when you come out here and the games are on East Coast time. You're like, fuck! It starts at 4 p.m. Arizona uh, Pacific <laughs> Coast time. So I'm like. I, crap I, like if it's a slow night we'll be good but of course you know the way that karma works every person's like hey john wants to get out of there sick everyone come to dinner so of course that's what happened and i you know i was kind of scoreboard watching th throughout the entire <laughs> evening uh and i saw obviously they win they won uh i'll go back and watch the pod because i know that you guys have covered a ton of stuff and i thank you both for for helping out and yeah, coach Evan be the man for always being being there to help us whenever we need assistance on the Suns GM yeah, but absolutely yes, you definitely you the real MVP. Uh I'll, I guess I'll ask you guys <laughs> this and I know that you're in the you're the Suns heat preview part, but I'll ask you one question about this game. So oh. as before I rewatch it, uh is this a game 
after watching this, you know, we're, we're kind of at that point where we're, we're watching games fall off the calendar. That's the key right now, right? Games are falling off the calendar. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the season. Uh, any win is obviously massive. And anytime Memphis and or Golden State loses, uh, it's, it's paramount. Do you think that because the Suns won this game, they don't have to give a full-on effort in Miami tomorrow? You go ahead, Coach. I thought that until I saw that Devin Booker cleared protocols. The fact oh, that did he? Booker yeah. he cleared protocols and he's going to be in Miami tomorrow. So the fact that he's going to be there just for that reason alone, I say, hell no, they're going balls to the wall, man. Yeah, Shit, I think I they gotta will rewrite through. like half of my preview for. Oh, like, <laughs> oh no, ah. it's gonna be a late night for you. But um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think they're gonna give their biggest effort. But if they lose, then they lose. That's fine. You know, uh, we we're actually talking to John um, about the East and who he, I was asking Coach who he thinks would come out of the East to face the Suns in the finals. Do you think the Heat are an actual good option, or else who who do you have? I got the Sixers. Sixers. They yeah, look ridiculous right now man yeah it's unfair um, it, 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 it james harden shouldn't be rewarded for what he did and you know he he almost yes. did again last year again the the whole kevin durant was a, a size 12 shoe away from sending that team to the eastern conference finals and ultimately probably to the nba finals because they would have waxed the hawks but i hate to see people like yeah. him rewarded but i don't know if you guys have watched the sixers they look fucking good right now they're insane yeah and coach was actually saying the same thing you just said before you jumped on. So coach, you can go ahead and finish that off I, if you like. I should be a James Harden fan, right? With with what this is right above my head. Yeah. yeah. But but I was saying what he did with the Rockets and wearing the fat suit and then all of a sudden being healthy uh for the Nets and then just completely giving up and then the next day he's averaging 27 9 and 9. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But they're a threat. And they're a serious yeah. threat. They're they're a big threat. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to get past Milwaukee. I think it's going to be Philly and Milwaukee. But I can't wait to find out. So with Milwaukee, though, like, and I see a lot of Jamsters are saying, no, it's Milwaukee, it's the Bucks." Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you, Jamsters. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button while you're here. But we just saw the Suns with their second team take Milwaukee all the way to the brink. And they had all three of their stars. They're healthy outside of not having Brooke Lopez. What is it about Milwaukee? Nothing that I've seen from Milwaukee has told me that this is a dominant team, that they're going to make it back to the NBA Finals. I think that they have a lot of work to do. Uh, Obviously, they play good defense, but when you look at teams like the 76ers, uh, the Heat, who can give them problems and have given them problems in the past, I know they they swept them last year, uh, but this is a different heat, Heat team than they saw last year. Why does everyone automatically think that the Bucks are the right answer? For me, it's because they've been there. They've done that. When, like, a lot of teams, especially in the NFL, like the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, when they were playing so well and they went to the, when they went to the Super Bowl and they won it, you just thought it would be like that every year. And it's true, but things happen, I feel like, in the NFL where players get hurt. And of course, maybe that happens too, but key players just always get hurt, I feel like, for the Seahawks, for these teams that just, they had this momentum going there. Marshawn Lynch leaves and all this stuff. But, my comparison for that reason, the reason I'm saying that is because I feel like Milwaukee, they still have the same players. They still have the same guys. When it comes to that situation, it's it's basically it's going to be them realizing like, hey, we've been here. We feel comfortable. The Suns have been there too, but yet they they failed to actually complete you know their destiny by winning the finals. And But because the Bucks did that, 
they just have that edge and they have that edge over a lot of these teams like the Sixers who have James Harden. And I love the Sixers too, but they have Harden. They haven't beat who haven't done it yet, who have failed true like multiple, multiple times. So that's going to be in their head. That's the reason I gave it to Milwaukee a little bit, but I do pick the Sixers just because the way Embiid's been playing and you have a top five point guard of all time, basically playing with in James Harden, who did lose a lot of weight, who just looks fantastic out there. It's impossible to stop. But those guys are going to be very self-conscious going into those final games, so I can see why they're choosing the Bucks. I like what Mario I, Lopez says. Sixers blow a 3-1 lead. That's the Harden way, isn't it, Coach? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and I also look at it like, you know what? The Sixers, the Sixers and the Bucks are going to be the 2-3 seed. They're going to play mm-hmm. each other before the conference finals. So one of those teams is going to be out of, out of it. I think the Heat will be able to beat the Bulls or the Celtics or even if the Cavs sneak back up in there. So it's between the Bucks and the Sixers. I just think maybe they're not going to have – I mean, when it comes to playoff basketball, everybody knows uh, your lineups get shrunk, possessions get blown out of proportion because every single one is so important. I don't know if there's been enough chance to to get that continuity there where the Bucks have that and they have the size advantage. So when it comes to the little things – I think the Bucks just have that right now this season. You want to talk about next season, I'd probably favor the Sixers over everybody else, potentially including us right now. But it, I think it's just going to be Bucks and Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think a lot of it's just because of the way the standings fall out yeah. and how, the, and how yeah. they're going to play. Yeah. That's what well, sucks is because I Miami, they're so small. And the Bulls I saw last night, they're too small. They can't do anything against Embiid. No one really can. But yeah. if you have Giannis or you have like an Aiden, it makes a difference. But there's no way any of these teams are going to take But Miami's out. defense, you guys. Miami's defense is legit. They can stop. take a Harden out of the game and frustrate the hell out of Harden too to the mm-hmm. point where Embiid can get 40 points. But hopefully they can upset James Harden. But I, I don't think Miami can do that to the Bucks. I mean mm-hmm. – We've seen the Bucks blast in the last couple of years in the playoffs too. Well, and coach, wasn't that you who tweeted out playoffstatus.com? Uh pro- probably which one? <laughs> well, it was it was a, a week or two ago and you you tweeted out something about playoffstatus.com has the Suns at like a 99% chance to hold on to the number yeah. 1 seed. And I saw that so I I checked out that site and I thought it was a really cool site and I uh I, you know, if you look at that site on the Eastern Conference side, the Miami Heat currently have a 90% chance to end with that one seed. So you're right. It's it's all going to come down to matchups. We're probably going to get that Bucks, uh, Bucks Nets in round two, I think, you know, because they'll end up with the seven seed after the play-in tournament. And, uh, you know, right. so it's, it's going to be interesting how the standings kind of play out in the Eastern Conference. It's definitely going to be – I think it's more exciting than the Western Conference. And Matthew and I, you know, we've talked about that on previous pods, how – I really am looking forward to the Eastern Conference and kind of how it plays out, you know. But the, the one thing I'll say about the Bucks, and then we'll we'll stop kind of talking about the Eastern Conference uh, playoff picture here, is you're right about the Bucks having guys who know how to do it. Right? They did it last year. They're, that's what makes that's the mental edge that the Suns carry with them this year, right? But that being said, like they're going to miss PJ Tucker, they're going to miss Pat yes. Connington, they're going to miss some key role players on their team who either are injured or are not on the team anymore. And where does PJ Tucker play? Well, he's over in Miami now and he's going to be helping out that team. So it's going to be an exciting ride on the Eastern conference side. Uh, As for the Suns, obviously there's, you know, we can go on, on and on and who we want our matchups to be and this and that. But at the end of the day, I mean, this team is playing 
the way that they're playing without their all-star backcourt, without Cam Johnson, they're winning games. They're what four and three without Chris Paul right now, mm-hmm. and and three and three without Devin Booker. Is that right? Correct. No, it's well. Booker's only missed four games, right? I, think I thought he missed. Uh, I thought I thought he missed five. It, it, I'll, I'll double check while we're talking. Well, I'm never right. I usually just say stuff. So you're always <laughs> trying to believe me. Um, Don't talk down about yourself. <laughs> shout yeah, out to shout Jammin' out. on the Suns. Yeah. $10 legendary pod following a game against the Magic. Only the Jam Session. We appreciate that. Thanks yeah. for donating. And I look forward the, to uh, it. I was chat. excited. My friend at work asked me, he's like, are you sick of doing pods? I'm like, nope. Hell no, I man. This is the time wait. of year it gets we're th- fun. We're three and one without Booker, Let's by the way. So we're three and one without Booker. Do we even Booker. need Booker? Do we even need that inflated Straight contract? Why did I put 25 bucks down on him, dude? To win MVP. What is up? My um, one my one futures bet that I still have alive is Evan Mobley for rookie of the year parlayed with Coach Monty Williams for coach of the year. Ooh. If you right, were on the podcast, Cunningham. you'd get the he's on fire. He's on fire. <laughs> it's a good Matthew, bet. Do, do your thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce out of here. All right. Well, thanks, John, for joining the Sun Jam Session podcast for once. Uh, Coach Evan B, thanks for, for joining once. on. You, you, you uh, since, thanks for jumping. On. Where can they find you? You just said something. What was it again? About where the, the uh, Fanning the Flames podcast? What podcast? He's on are you fire. On? <laughs> <laughs> just joking, dude. It's a joke. Where can they find you, dude? Fanning the Flames into the Valley. You know, I've been making the rounds recently. No, uh, he's on Fire <laughs> Podcast. Uh, he's on Fire Pod on Twitter, uh, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all those fun, good things. Go and take a listen as well, too. Going to have a big football one tomorrow, by the way, considering everything that went down in the NFC and the NFC West specifically. So anybody that's a Cardinals fan, come check it out tomorrow. We'll have our partners 49ers cut back on as well, too, to discuss that. A lot of things going down in sports. And you guys, March Madness is about to happen. We got all the conference tournaments two weeks from tonight. Uh, USA uh, Soccer is back at it to try to get into the World Cup again. This is an exciting time for sports. And this is also a really good time for me to plug the He's on Fire podcast March Madness bracket. So if anybody wants to be a part of that, I want to try to get as many of the Suns podcast guys on there. Got one right there, or I guess that way. Uh, come and join that and, and five bucks throw down. If you can't afford it, DM me, we'll work something out. Uh, I just want to get as many people involved as well too. And tomorrow we'll mark three weeks since Chris Paul got injured. You guys tomorrow is the three week mark. Keep that in mind. He was originally four to six weeks away. Uh, flex said probably more three to five. So we're probably going to start seeing a probable or a doubtful coming up here soon on the injury reports for all three weeks. Can't wait, dude. Is that it? John, you got nothing else? Oh, that's it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, everyone, go home and love your family.